Bernhard Muller is a Swiss entrepreneur whose Chenti app provides financial services on the BSV blockchain. Working closely with banks, Bernhard and his colleagues are developing a range of products to combine the innovation of digital money with the security of existing financial institutions. I wanted to ask him in particular about his Swiss franc stablecoin, a genuine first for the BSV blockchain. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Bernhard, I'm very honoured to know somebody who kind of has their own money, invented their own money, the Chenti Frank. What exactly is the Chenti Frank? Because it's it, it's entirely your invention. Well, the Chenti Frank is a stable coin of, you could say, a new category, which is fiat guaranteed. Um, Chenti Frank is a stable coin where you, as a holder of the token, uh, have a process that shall the issuer, which we don't hope that happens, Chenti, shall the issuer default, you know exactly how you can get your money as it's backed by Swiss bank guarantee. Right. So when we say backed, that means that for every Chenti franc that you issue, the, the bank will guarantee to provide Correct. The, the, the equivalent amount of money in what circumstances would that be required? That would be required in the circumstance of where Chenti would default. And then there is a, if you check our token terms on the last three pages, this process is basically described how you would write to the bankruptcy trustee. You would include a letter to the bank. You would approve the bankruptcy trustee to forward your details and all your KYC details to the bank. And then basically the bank would collect all these data and pay out everyone. So your pitch to customers is it's no more risky than putting your money in the bank then? That's correct. And so what is the advantage? What am I going to do with my Chenti franc? So the advantage is really that you have a stable coin that is quite different in three ways. First of all, you have this guarantee, which is quite unique. Second of all, it's suitable for micropayments. Uh, which most stable coins out there are made for arbitrage trading, you know, between crypto exchanges. And third of all, it's a direct to consumer stable coin. So you don't need to bring us 200 million Swiss franc for us to interact with you directly. You can purchase this from us and you can also return it to us. But the main purpose is that you use it for payments, micropayments. And we've actually just announced this conference. Um, our merchant list with 125 merchant, and it's basically growing monthly. And you can go there and check merchants that accept Chenti. And of course, we want to engage other people as well, developers, uh, people from this community or any so- sort of business cases that people could imagine to also use this stablecoin completely independent from Chenti's technology or infrastructure. And so... It's, it is a, essentially valued as a Swiss franc. So it, it's independent of the changing a volatile price of any Bitcoin SV or any other crypto, right? That's correct, yes. So in that case, you know, really you haven't got anything to lose. And it's, it's, a, it, it's just a more convenient way of paying, then, I guess. It's very convenient, but it's mostly also a way of really directly paying the merchant. and. Consumers aren't super aware of this because the current payment industry is really good at 
sort of being intransparent and actually making you think that everything's free for you, although you're, of course, paying all that in your consumer prices. And the industry has, for many, many decades, been successful in forbidding merchants to charge a different price for this payment method versus another. Yeah, sometimes you have to pay a bit more if you want to buy something on it's, a credit card. It's coming now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, in their terms, it's always been forbidden. But many governments now say, well, actually, that's sort of anti-competitive behavior. If people mm. can't, like, experience the different prices for the convenience, then they can also not make an informed mm. decision of what they're using. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of legal advantages for you and the merchant to pay directly in cash. Uh, like, for example, if you pay something in cash at the kiosk, you don't need to show your ID. You don't need to leave your data trace because you're just interacting directly. Whenever you have three people involved in a financial transaction, that's where every party needs to be fully identified in KYC. So this genuinely is digital cash. Then, that's really. true. Absolutely. But just to go back to the Chenti side of it, so you issue the stable coins. Uh, if I want to buy some stable coins, um, I send money to Chenti. Is that right? I mean, I, what, what form would I send my so money currently, to? So currently, we accept three forms uh, cash at the Swiss post office, uh, bank payments, or credit cards. And of course, you know, for credit cards, we also have to charge a fee, unfortunately. But it's instant. Yeah? With the bank payment, it's next day. Mm -hmm. We check our account automatically every quarter an hour. As soon as we register your payment, uh, we send uh, the stable coin to your wallet. So, uh, to my Trenti wallet that I've yes. downloaded. Yes. You but, know. but so your arrangement with the bank then is, have you said, well, we'll take this much money and ask you to guarantee that? Or does it just sort of, the more money that is required for the stable coins that you're issuing, then the amount that the bank lends you just goes up and up. Or okay, so the bank doesn't lend us money. Um, it's quite the contrary. We brought the money up front and pledged it towards this guarantee because, of course, the bank doesn't want to take all that risk themselves. They they provide the guarantee, but they want to ensure themselves that if the guarantee right. would be coming to play that they're not losing money. So do you have to deposit that amount of money in the bank? Though? That's correct. That's how we're doing it So you've it had to right raise now. a lot of money. Yes. And, and the more successful it is, the more money you will have to raise. Uh, yes and no. So the, the thing is, let's say you have an initial sum of X. Now you've sold uh, half of X uh, into the market. Yeah. And what we're doing is we don't, take that money and use it for operational purposes. We take that money and reserve it, and then we bring it to the bank and say, well, here's more money, now increase the guarantee. So you can actually sort of loop that almost So infinitely. as long as you're sort of one step ahead. Yes, we then... always need to be one step ahead. We, it's kind of full reserves, yeah? We need to have those reserves, and we, we need to have enough money to have our own liquidity supply. Yeah. But as we're selling off into the market, mm. we can then, you know, take that right. money, put it towards so, the bank. So when the whole again. system is well established, if I put a, a thousand francs into my wallet that you'll give me stablecoin, that thousand francs will go to the bank Correct. to be part of the reserve. Of the next, so that will be part of the next issuance step. Correct. Right. 
So it's a, it's a rather beautiful mathematical system, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. And so what about the marketing? I mean, this is going to work nicely as long as people want to use it. And you've, you've mentioned a number of merchants who want to get on board. But what about the actual individual customer? Yeah, actually, we were quite surprised. We were able to sell a lot of it even before you know you could go or before we even announced this merchant list because people as a novelty or just because you know they like the Swiss franc or for whatever reason, they already started buying it. And right. so the demand will only increase the more merchant and utility and providers that actually do something useful with the stable coin will come on board. Well, that's interesting. So I'm based in London. If, if I wanted to just buy some Swiss francs, then the, the option would be to send you some pounds and I'd get stable coin Swiss francs on my app. Well, at this point, you would have to ensure that Swiss francs arrive in our bank account in Switzerland from the UK, which is no problem. You can do that, but you would have to pay the currency okay, conversion so yourself. Okay, there wouldn't really be any great advantage in that because I could have just bought the Swiss francs then. Well, yeah, if you want to have Swiss franc on a bank account, mm. then... Um, yeah, that would be the easier part. But if you want to have a Swiss franc that's ultra versatile and can be used yeah. for micropayments, pay content creators to you know get access to streams and all these other things we're planning or already have, uh, that's not something you can do with money on a bank account because it's not cash. Right. Well, just going back to the, the customers then, I mean, what sort of response have you had now that they can actually use it with merchants? Is that taking off? Yes. I mean, there, there was really good feedback. I mean, we just put this list up two days ago. It was really good feedback because it really now closes the loop. There are so many pieces to our ecosystem. And the stablecoin was, of course, a very important sort of base foundation layer so that, you know, normal people can come in, let's say that way. And the merchant's list kind of completes the cycle. Now we have an app for consumers. We have all those merchant integrations and the merchant portal. We have the stable coin as a base. We have the on and off ramps. And now we actually also have consumers that can go and pay something. And now we can start with marketing and actually doing really great promotions that, you know, consumers also have these incentives to actually try it out, get in and, you know, pay with it. Um, because it's not an easy feat to convince people to change their habits. And there needs to be a benefit to change your habits. And that's exactly what we want to provide. Does it cost the merchant to join the system? Uh, there is no setup fee. There is no ongoing fee or monthly fee. And in the current scheme, there is also no base fee per payment. It only costs the merchant when he actually creates revenue through it. And the merchant is incentivized because they're not paying the credit card percentage. Absolutely. So we are really, really competitive in pricing. But that's not the only reason merchants like to accept Chenti. Uh, there are other reasons. One is there is no way to file a chargeback through Chenti. It's a cash payment. You can go to the merchant, you can complain, you can you know, negotiate a refund, all that. What you, you can't do is suddenly involve this third party and say, well, actually... Let's just pull the rock and, and, you know, get all this money blocked on your account until this is resolved. And also the cost of capital is a huge issue for merchants because if you accept credit cards, usually it, you know, it takes two, sometimes three weeks till you actually get your money. If you're in a industry which has higher risks, they actually withhold money for up to 180 days, let's say 10% and say, well, you know, just in case there is a chargeback, we, we don't want to be left holding the bag. So we, you know, and the, the cost of capital to do that is very, very high. 
And if you have sellers of digital goods, um, you know, downloads and things like that, where chargeback rates are really high and people try all the time to get their money back, although they've already received the service, that's a huge problem for the industry. And would a merchant typically uh, receive their stablecoin and then get it? turn it to ordinary Swiss francs. So that's the, that's the beauty about what we've built. We can provide all these uh, benefits of Web3, but at the convenience of Web2. So the merchant doesn't have to change any habits. He doesn't have to tell his accountant now, uh, you know, we need to learn about digital currencies. What we do is um, every night at 12 o'clock, we forward the money he has collected during the day to Chenti on his behalf in order to exchange it for money on the bank account. And that's fully automated. So and therefore, the you... convenience is exactly the same as, as, you know, or even higher because, you, you know, the cost of capital is lower, you have your money faster, and so on. You don't have chargebacks. Right. So you just have his account details in your system and it just gets put into his account. Yeah, we, uh, with the, the merchant contract we have is also a contract where they have us as a fiduciary to their wallet. So the wallet is still his own. He owns the wallet. The money is going directly from you to the merchant. So that's peer to peer. But subsequently, in our fiduciary duty, we, we do a subsequent, um, basically transaction where we take that money and exchange it, um, for the merchant because we're also a money exchanger. I think you've got a, an agreement now or some kind of uh, setup with uh, CentBee. That's correct. Can you just tell me a bit about that? Is that sending money to Africa? Yeah. Um, Switzerland is a huge source of remittance payments. Three times as many remittance payments come from Switzerland than the entire UK, although the country is so small. That's because we really have um, a, a very diverse um, composition of our society, also with lots of people that come to work in Switzerland. We, of course, have um, lots of refugees that came to Switzerland as well. And Senpi has all these wonderful cash, bank payment, and mobile money off-ramps in sub-Saharan Africa, and now also in Brazil and other countries. And we have all these wonderful on-ramps in Switzerland, and now we're combining these two things to create a remittance product. So, so just for people who, who don't know, Centby is a wallet based in South Africa. Correct. That um, really exists for cash payments and remittances in Africa, but now Correct. you're making use of their network. Exactly. And this will go in three phases. So first phase is a non-integration phase, which is, let's say, a bit more for the tech savvy, where they use both apps and transact in between. Uh, but of course, we want to streamline this to really be, you know, a remittance product that's usable just like any other. And for that, in the second phase, we will integrate all these off-ramps of Senpi into Chenti app and all our on-ramps into Senpi app. And basically, the product will be the same, but each company can keep doing, you know, its marketing for their app downloads, and you know, we can market it on the Swiss market, and you know, people can stay within one environment. They don't necessarily, of course, they see it all in the terms, but they don't necessarily need to know that they're leaving Chenti hmm. uh, and that there's a, a third-party provider for them. It's just one integrated experience. And then in the third phase, after a certain threshold is reached, we want to really explore if we can use a stablecoin as a bridge currency instead of BSV, because that will, you know, be even better for the consumer and for the both companies involved, because nobody has to hedge against any 
sort of volatility risks. Right. So, yeah, we haven't quite explained that because this CentB operation is the other side of what Chenti does, which is not stable coins, but it's using Bitcoin SV as yes. a currency. Yes, that's right. So eventually you can smooth that over so that uh, I guess we can you can buy your stable coin in Swiss francs and then get it out at the other end in terms of a, a, a local, exactly. local currency Mobile in money Africa. Ghana or, you know, in, in Senegal. And, and of course, the idea of, I think, Chenti and Sandby is, of course, that more and more people would start using this Web3 technology and, and stablecoin or BSV directly. Mm. But you, that's not going to happen overnight. You need to give people what they want. And when they want to send money to their relatives, that's what they want to do. They want their relatives to have cash at hand that they can actually use on the local market or to pay their doctor's appointment or whatever. In, so we pursued this collaboration because um, at Chenti, we did a test in March and we took 50 Swiss francs in cash and we um, basically compared against two very big competitors. And then we used also this Chenti and Sentby method. And 28% more money arrived with our contact in Ghana. That's a fee saving of 85%. And that's very, very substantial. It's very substantial for those families to have more money. And it's, you know, and we can still provide a very convenient way to do that with cash. And in these communities, cash is really still king. Many people don't, are underbanked or unbanked. And when I lined up in front of Western Union mm -hmm. to do this test, there were really people in front of me with cash at hand, and they want to remit cash. Well, I know with Centby, you can just go to your local corner store and use it, can't you? The yeah, they have a lot of integrations. Also, you can pay your mobile bills, mm. your power bills, mm. and, and all these things. With, but with it's Centby. interesting that you say we don't expect people to get used to using BSV overnight, that you think that that is the direction of travel, whereas I'm, it, it might be that you're saying, in fact, the direction of travel is more towards the stable coin and only having to think about your local currency, and that BSV will just, in the, in the end, disappear into the background. But that's not how you're thinking it of it. It will be the medium. Well, of course, we are. that's the cool thing about Chenti. We can handle you know, the stablecoin or also a stablecoin from a third party and BSV. So we're, we're open whichever to way, everything. Whichever, whichever way it flows. Yeah, your... exactly. Whichever way it flows, we are just convinced at Chenti that to you know, gay capture the imagination and, and the hearts and actual engagement of the masses, you need a stable coin because it's just explaining, oh, there might be volatility. You might have to buy a little bit more BSV to pay your power bill because, you know, maybe in 10 minutes it's a little bit different. People, you know, they want 200 francs on their wallet, then they spend 10 and three months later they have still 190. That's the expectation of... Hmm how we handle money. And if and that's what we have to provide. Because, I mean, in a way, you don't even need the word stablecoin, perhaps, because really you're just saying this is a more convenient way to pay. Yeah, we, we you could call it, you know, people might in the end just call it franc, you know, I have digital franc or yes. whatever. Um, but stablecoin almost raises the possibility that it might not be stable. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's, that's then more really a 
a sort of marketing question and, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, boiling the essence down for what matters for people, how we mm. communicate yeah. what this medium is. Of course, it's still important that, you know, all the full terms are there and everybody has the mm. possibility to read all those terms and, and understand these, of course. That's very, very important. But you also know how it is. If you sign up to, I don't know, a software or something, I mean, these 20 pages usually people don't read those in full, no. but it's very, very important that it's there. And particularly that in relation to money. Yes, particularly in, in relation to that. Um, so let's just broaden out a little to end on, because uh, we're here at the uh, London Blockchain Conference. Uh, you've been to a few BSV-related conferences before. What's, what's your, how would you characterize the, where we've got to and the, the mood here? It's, it's, I was really, really positively surprised uh, on the first day. I think there were about 1,400 people here and I know maybe 50 to 100, which is a really, really good sign where, you know, in, in past conferences, I maybe knew half of the people. Uh, um, and so there is a new, lot of new blood, a lot of people that are interested. I also feel like that this whole schisma or, or stigma or whatever it, it's like it's not as as big anymore you know like let's say the hardcore front of other bitcoin variants they're they're not as much on the high horse anymore as they used to be because you know they have their own problems to deal with and so <laughs> <Yes>. people are <laughs> people are quite open to say you know what in the end this is just technology it's not about religion it's not about you know uh, some sort of infighting or anything it's just like who can actually provide utility and where can I put my use case on? And mm. this is really so impressive about this technology that everyone is aligned that we need stability and we need scale. Maybe, we, that, maybe we've gone through the adolescent phase and we're now a little bit more grown up. Young adults, <laughs> young adults. We're still not, you know, ultra senior. We're still not, you know, have all the wisdom of the world, but it's, it's definitely like that yeah absolutely and um, i had a lot of great interactions already um, people want to talk business some are just interested to learn what's going on and uh, so far it's been really really good fantastic well congratulations on stablecoin thank you so much look charles forward, look forward to to hearing more as it develops and thank you very much Bernard. thank you thank you many thanks to bernhard muller Next week, I'll be talking to Darren Kellenschweiler, a veteran BSVer as the organiser of the pioneering London Bitcoin meetups. So please join Darren and me next week. But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>